I feel like there's a lot of expectation on this now because the last two intros are really funny. And when people start to realize that the intros aren't funny, then they'll realize that I'm not funny. And when they realize that I'm not funny, they'll realize that the podcast isn't funny. And when they realize the podcast isn't funny, that's our career's over, man. That, yeah, no, we're finished. Like, we, should, we need to start doing, like, a, a cold open or something. You know we, what I mean? we could get a team song. Yeah. Oh, we uh, should get a team song. Oh, shit. I'm, like, I'm, <sighs> I, I guarantee you right now, uh, I'm going to pay a guy on Fiverr over Christmas to make <laughs> us, like, a, a, a dank-ass remix of the Formula One song. I want, I want like, 90s hip-hop styles, you know Yeah, I mean? yeah. But I also kind of want some, like, banging 808s in there. You know what I mean? Mm. Like... Back to Formula Stank episode three. Um, over. Yeah, I think oh that was God. way worse than being funny. We should have just been. We should have. We should have just figured out how to be funny. Why, welcome to the final episode of the podcast. I guess <laughs> way to go out with a bang. Um, yeah, first couple of episodes going down really well. Really appreciate all the support on those so far. Um, again, we're not doing this for an audience in any any way, shape, or form. We're mostly doing it for ourselves uh, because we have so much to talk about in the in you know, the realm of F1 these days and um, that we would literally drive each other crazy if we didn't just sit down for about an hour every single week and just talk it out like we do on this podcast. But we really appreciate the support either way. Fact. Um, fantastic love going on over on the socials that have gone live this week at Formula Slank on Instagram and Twitter if you want to get involved and follow along with those. Um, you know, lots of people showing us love, whether they're fans of F1 or whether they're complete rookies. Um, regardless, people people are loving the stank, man. Oh, they're loving the stank, it's man. It's been a long time since anyone said they loved my stank. What a beautiful few interactions we've had on there. It's yeah. been phenomenal. Thank you. Really, really nice. Keep those coming in. Um, if my mom is listening, you still haven't followed the podcast, I've noticed. So, um, If my mom is listening, uh, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first of all. Um, so, big, big week this week. We're going to jump right into it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. We like to get things going here with a race review of the race that has most recently happened. Um, and we like to conclude things here with a uh, preview of what's to come. We have a little bit to talk about in between as well. But first things first, on the agenda, we had the Turkish Grand Prix uh, two weeks ago. Uh, now, Jesus, it, it feels like it was about two days ago. Man. It really does. It really does. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, like, we were just talking about how time has really flown in, like, in the last while. Like, it, yeah. it, like the, when we were sitting watching Daniel Ricciardo get P3, that was a month ago, man. <laughs> And when we were hung over to bits watching Danny Ricardo get P3, that was a whole month ago now. Um, I really felt that. The weeks that happen in between the Grand Prix, when there is that gap week, which we are victim of this time around here on the podcast, you would have uh, missed a weekly episode from us because we are uh, we, we're only really recording one in race week, if you get me, because there's no no reason to do it on the off season, you know. Um, we we had a gap week this time around. The time that passes within those gap weeks seems to just drag in to no end uh, in anticipation for the next race. Um, fortunately, we've we've managed to remember what happened in Turkey, and we're gonna break it down uh, right here. Uh, I have it in the top of my notes for the Turkish review. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, America. We're talking about Turkey. How's that make you feel? Yeah. It's gonna be Thanksgiving when this episode comes out. Actually. I could take it or leave it. Yeah, I, I, it's Thanksgiving I, today. Is it? Yes. 
Well, you better edit this quick then. <laughs> Let's hope you get it out in time, man. This is the worst unpaid job I've ever done. Um, I predicted on the last episode, if you remember, we were sitting here, sitting pretty, uh, kind of going, oh, turkey. I don't know. I don't know what can happen there. You know, like, I don't I don't imagine anything but a handbot ver. It's probably going probably gonna to be a pretty boring race, I said. You know, do you remember that? Remember I said it was going to be boring? Um, you, you were kind of like, ah, I don't know whether it'll be boring. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, it was not boring. Man, this race was class. This was a race. This was a race and a half. Oh my god. We're going to start from the very start just because uh, it was dramatic from the get-go. There was mm-hmm. like shit happening from like minute one of race weekend. I'm surprised nothing blew up on media day on the Thursday. Man. It was insane. Um, just to contextualize for people, uh, it was really really wet oh it was so rainy man and when it wet the car going away to the side a lot of the time myself and Gal, uh irish you know in case anyone is listening and they don't know that uh we we we, we can you know very much call when something is rainy ireland is constantly fucking rainy this is true istanbul in the turkish grand prix was so rainy it rainy as shit rainy man. as balls oh my god so fp1 um they come out into and Immediately, there's issues noticed, and it's kind of thought at the time that the issues are going to subside as the weekend goes on. The issues came from the fact that the Istanbul track had a newly relayed surface, um, and this was providing a lot of issues for drivers. Yeah, the like the track was super uh, green as it was. You basically need to once you lay a new surface, you get, you got to wear it in, you know, to have any grip. Yeah, Basically. people could just not keep their cars in a straight line at no. all. They, they were losing the rear end, they were losing the front end, and all, all over the place they were. They were slipping and sliding. Charles just bloody whacked the bollard out of it, didn't he? He just ran that thing over. I don't over. know what that bollard said to him, man. No. He fucking... Signs were there from, from early that maybe this would be a bit spicier than we had initially imagined here at Formless Stank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was into turn one. In and now I'm probably definitely wrong in saying that, but into one of the turns, um, the grandstand covered a bit of the track, and when it had rained the day or the day before, um, the wet patches that had been left by that rain weren't dried up because of the shade given by the grandstand. So that wet patch into that turn, and I'm pretty sure it was turn one, mm-hmm. was providing a lot, a lot, a lot of issues in FP1. Uh, Valtteri spun straight off there in one of his earliest flying laps, um, and like a lot of other drivers did throughout the course of the free practices that came afterwards. Um, and people were kind of going, ah, yeah, but once that dries up, they'll be away in a hack. Nah, lad. Nah, lad. Um, on top of that, the McLarens didn't get off to a great start, which kind of set the precedent for their weekend bar race day, which we'll get onto a little bit later. Um, Carlos's engine, uh, just fucking died in, in, it, in yeah, free practice one. It went kaput, man. Max came out on top out of FP1, uh, just absolutely swinging. He, he came out, uh, P1 out of that. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was, it, it a fantastic thing to see that that Max was that hungry going mm. into the weekend. Yeah. Um, he really did not come to play. And and Max isn't the best of drivers in wet conditions either. So it was pretty impressive that on this newly laid track, uh, which, you know, was providing a lot of difficulties for drivers and for the slippiness that came with it, uh, it was really impressive that someone like Max was coming out P1. Uh, when Max came out P1 in FP1, what was your reaction? How did, how did you feel about that? Well, look, at this, this is a guy who, like, like you said, he... 
I feel like he gets some bad luck in wet weather. But then in saying that, uh, Hockenheim last year, easily one of the better races uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, he won that and that was super wet. That was like, it was Mercedes just did not have a good time that day. I feel like uh, Max, he might not be at his fastest, but he's, he's clinical mm-hmm. in the wet and that gets him over the line. So I suppose, yeah. Just yeah. just worked with him. Red Bull in general just brought the fire um for most of the weekend. Yeah. Um another interesting thing of note and probably the, the last significant thing of note that happened in free practice one FP one uh was that Lewis Hamilton, uh, who was going to try and win the championship this weekend, equaling the all time record of most championships won by a Formula One driver, uh decided to sit most of the free practice one out. Yeah. So he only really came in for a couple of drive around laps at the end of the practice session which is fairly uncommon for he he got like 12 laps in in comparison to um max who got 29 in yeah so this was an early inclination of uh how mercedes were approaching the weekend which was with utter safety uh complete and utter safety Um, let's not risk everything here yeah, absolutely. And, and and was also a little bit of a hint towards how Lewis was going to play the weekend, which we'll get onto a little bit later, uh, which was really fucking smart. He played it really, really smart. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing of note from FP1 uh, was that it was Lando's birthday. Yeah, happy 21st birthday, Lando Norris. Please notice me. Uh, happy 12th birthday, Lando. What did you get him? Um, hmm? What did you get, Lando? Went and nice. That's uh, none of your business, man, is it? I, I, just, I just, well, I, I just None of your business, man. I got him. I got him lingerie, but we'll move on. Um, FP two, then came around. That's free practice two for mm-hmm. any rookies out there. Um, the track temperature rose a little bit, uh, which meant that it kind of almost dried out in that really slippy corner. Yeah. That was that was like it was so close to it, especially by the end of the session. Um, to explain a little bit of 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 background when you drive on a track the more your car drives on it the more you dry that track out so Mm. especially in the racing line uh going into that corner the more people were driving around you gotta remember at this point they'd been driving around laps and laps and laps and laps and laps um that was drying that slippy corner out for the most part um however the surface was still so so slippy um how do you contextualize for, for people who maybe wouldn't know why a newly laid surface would be a little bit slippier for the cars? Well, I don't know, man. Don't know? No idea. So all I know is that <laughs> just from the outset of people talking about this new surface so much, the whole thing was like, oh, yeah, you know, new, new track plus wet equals extra slippy. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the track hasn't fully composed itself yet i suppose mm. so the best way i heard it described was like when you lay out a track it's really smooth and yeah. then when you send a bunch of races over it it kind of like almost sandpapers it a little bit so that yeah. it's it's a bit more easier for the tires to grip mm-hmm. so because they hadn't like literally this was the first time that this track had been driven on in like like ages basically in, in a yeah. good while this is the first time that we'd raced in turkey in a number of years um because that was the case and because they had laid a new surface when it came to fp1 and fp2 people were just slipping and sliding all over the place um so the surface was still quite slippy come fp2 so no one could really give good pace going yeah. into it uh there was a funny quote uh, there was nothing really of, of 
ultimate note from FP2 is quite boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the funniest quote that I found was uh, our boy Danny Kiat, um, who we have opinions on that you can go back and listen to in, in episode one there, uh, said that he hadn't uh, raced or he hadn't played on this circuit in a simulator before coming to the track. <laughs> so because of this, he decided to put in 40 laps in FP2. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so my thing was, if you're coming to a circuit that you haven't raced on before in your entire life, would you not just like, like, and, and it's right. So Turkey isn't in, isn't in F1 2020, the video game. We know we got the game for free this week on some PlayStation deal. And we've yeah, been playing we'll, we'll, we'll the get to that shit later. out of it. Um, it's not in there, but surely like Alpha Terry could afford to stick him in a simulator. For real. <laughs> or did they just not care? Was poor Danny Kia coming along just being like, I have no idea what's going on but, here. But here's the thing. Everyone else who drove around... Like, he drove 43 laps in FP2. Um, who else did? Pierre Gasly, um, Valtteri Bottas, and then even more than them, uh, Charles Leclerc drove 45. He drove a lot of laps. He but really did. The difference is, he he came P2. <laughs> yeah, in our, a Ferrari. Where, where, where did our, where did our boy Danny Kia end up in in FP two? I mean P six. I mean that's fine. P six and P seven for Alpha Terry. Yeah, that, that's not bad. FP two. So FP one and two weren't really the talking points. You know, there was little inclinations of what was to come, but the real big talking point was holy shit! It started to rain during FP three. It was so much fun. Here comes the rain, baby. Oh yeah, it started to lash. Slippy x slippy. We got a slippy track. We got slippy conditions. It's so slippy. Uh, so but let me tell you who foresaw this and drove more laps than anyone in FP3. Was it Danny Kiat again? No. Oh, of course no. it was. No, you've gone and spoiled it now. He drove uh, eight laps. Sebastian Vettel was playing 4D chess. He's like, oh. I feel like it might rain. 14 laps from my boy. 13 from Kimi Raikkonen. These guys knew what was happening. Again, this is why you watch free practice because... You know, you got you got to start seeing these little feelings the teams yeah, are having. Man. You know, Mercedes playing Absolutely. it smart out of FP one, Seb playing it smart going into FP three. Mm. You start to notice, wow, these guys are more than drivers. They're they're fucking chess masters. They man. are chess. And here's the thing: those two are the ones who would have uh, driven on Turkey previously because they've been in the game for a while. D- these uh, boys are vets. But Raikkonen, like. He he was the king of Turkey for a couple of years, I believe. I don't know. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what he, I remember he, he seeing got, from videos and all. And, and then this guy is like, "I'm going to go prepare for this," and gets 13 laps under his belt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the fun fact about free practice three was for those unfamiliar with the race weekend structure, free practice one and two tend to take place on the Friday, um, and they're just like you, you just go out and drive the car and see how you, it feels. You just you just give it a whack. You know what yeah. I mean? You're not really trying to compete there. To be honest, if you're competing during a free practice, if you're really like it's it's kind of like um, you know that one lad in, in primary school who would take the lunchtime football a little bit too seriously. Oh yeah, you know that's kind of what you know competing during free practice one and two I mean if some people have big brain moves on the way for the race or for a quali they'll run like a a super fast time during one of the practice sessions just Mm -hmm. to just to see how that goes for them see where the car is at but like yeah come on you're just practicing but no one's team is getting on to them in their headphones and being like yo bro uh Verstappen set this time so you gotta beat it you know like no one's really doing that during free practice it's just kind of more like drive around see how you feel get a feel for these conditions Um, free practice tree usually happens on the Saturday morning just before qualifying Um, and so 
overnight because as we mentioned the track was slippy and they had laid the new surface um and i mentioned that you need to get cars to drive around it to to fix this um <laughs> the, the fia reached out to locals in istanbul to just come and volunteer to drive their cars around the track. So we're like young ones driving around in their Nissan Micras, Daz driving around in their fucking Ford Focuses or whatever, just milling it around the Istanbul track to try and get this surface up to scratch that for is these ridiculous. billionaires to come and put their cars onto. Um, and it's it's gas. Like go go look it up, honestly. If 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 you just have a spare thirty seconds in your day, um, go look up these these <laughs> like civilians. Somebody just break around. my racetrack in. <laughs> yeah, it's so what funny. What a question! But then the funniest part of all of that is the FIA got these locals. So this poor man, right? I'm just picturing him. Okay, we'll call him Dennis. So Dennis comes home from work. And he <laughs> Dennis lives ro- of, of Istanbul. <laughs> Istanbul, you know, uh, he come he comes home from work, uh, and 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 he sees that you know he lives beside the Istanbul track, uh, and he sees that you know there's this big like Batman type signal in the sky, or maybe you know in the locals uh, Facebook group or something, yeah, uh, yeah. being like Istanbul oh, buy and sell. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. It's like please come and drive around our track. He sees that and he goes right, okay, here I go. I'm going out onto this track. So he he gets in his car and, and his wife is like no honey it's too dangerous don't don't go you're not a racing driver and he's like i was born a racing driver susan (laughs) so he gets into the car and he mills it around the track he gets in at 9 p.m and he does not get out of that car until 4 a.m at which point the fia shake his hand and say sir you've done us a great honor here today that boy grew up to be nicholas (laughs) latifi dennis then goes home gets into bed beside his wife at 5 a.m he wakes up alone the next morning the curtains are pulled he Mm. goes to the window he opens those curtains and what does he see it's fucking raining anyway he did it for nothing it's still fucking slippy man poor fucking dennis the poor guy man so (laughs) fp3 was great uh, because it was really rainy and any efforts by the FIA and the poor Istanbul civilians to make the track less slippy, uh, Mother Nature just basically bitch slapped in the face. Dennis is going to be back, man. I'm really feeling it. He is going to come into Bahrain with a steel chair this weekend. <laughs> oh my God. Watch out, watch out, watch out. He's Dennis. cashing in the money in the bank. Uh, basically, everyone spun. Uh, every single person spun during FP3. I don't think there was a driver that was safe from spinning. Um, everyone switched to full wet tires. So for anyone unfamiliar, there's regular compound tires. So those are basically the ones that you run when the track is completely dry and there's different variations of them. And They're yada, slick. Yada, yada. They're nice and slick. They're nice they and don't smooth. have any threads on them. You so know, they don't like really, a road car. They don't really... They don't really focus on grip. They focus on Speed. going true. You know what I mean? Yeah. These wets... They got grips. Yeah. They got grips on them. So you can you can slide. You can make sure that you don't slide as much. Mm-hmm. You're still going to slide. Everyone still slid. You, you got you got uh, two different kinds of wet tires too. You got like full wet, which is like, bro, I can't see a thing outside. It's raining that hard. Mm-hmm. And then you got intermediate tires. And they're basically, you know, the threads are a little bit uh, less deep on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like in between full wet and the uh, like slick ones. Everyone went to wets. Uh, Max set the fastest lap again. Alex Albon, his Red Bull teammate, was performing very, very well Man. through all these free practice Unbelievable. sessions. Um, so potentially we had a very, very exciting qualifying. It was going to be wet. Uh, it was going to see a very fast Red Bull team make their way through. Um, and we got into qualifying and oh boy, she wet. Um, oh man oh boy she wet uh, uh, so everyone starts doing their laps 
uh, Grosjean ends up in the gravel. Fucking man. <laughs> and we get red flags. Water is wet. And we're, Grosjean we're, has spun. We're sitting here, like, and we had set aside a good portion of our day for this. I think qualifying started at about 12 that day. Yeah. Um, and we had set aside a good portion of our day for it, but we were waiting, like, maybe half an hour for, 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 for like, the session to resume, and we were like, man... I got places to be, you know what I mean? Like, I got stuff to do. I got, I got errands to do. To I, got, I got to go buy food and stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, eventually, it got underway again. Um, out of Q1, uh, Max came out P1, of course. Uh, Alex Albon came out P2, of course. And uh, Lewis Hamilton was actually at risk at the end of qualifying one. Yeah, yeah what a moment that so, was. Holy shit. Basically, for qualifying one, you have to finish in the top 15 to make it true to qualifying two and three and if you finish outside of that top 15 whatever position you finish is where you start the race from um hamilton finished qualifying one in 14th uh, meaning that he did make it through to q2 qualifying two but just by the skin of his teeth yeah how good did that feel <sighs> injected into my veins now the reason that felt good was because you know hamilton's try and win the championship this weekend like you know, no one really wants to watch no, a season no, that's already done it's so like we before it began i just want to see an exciting little competition man is that bad is that too much to ask just in a yeah. second formula <laughs> one yeah it really is bro. yeah uh, <laughs> it's not great at all man uh, anyway moving on to q2 qualifying two uh most people were still on full wets uh the red bulls were still mad fast around this track even in red the wet Bull. conditions man we were just sitting here we we're like red bull brought game this i was weekend, like this man. is it this is this is the first red bull one two of the season yeah. i swear to god this is this is what it's about to we be like holy fuck what what a moment for alex albon potentially like what mm. what is going on uh sorry just sipping on my beer before we get on to the rest of q2 uh the eliminations were a bit mad coming out of q2 so uh as we said to get through to q3 uh, you would have to finish now in the top 15, or no, in the top 10, sorry. Uh, if you finished 10th or lower, so in between 11th and 15th, you were out, and you would start in whatever position you finished in. Um, our boys, like literally everyone we've ever loved, went out of, <laughs> in Q2. It was ridiculous. Lando finished 11th, Sebastian Vettel finished 12th, Carlos Sainz finished 13th, Charles Leclerc finished 14th, and poor L. Pierre Gasly finished down in P15. Man, it was... It, like, it literally went McLaren, out. Ferrari, out. McLaren, out. Ferrari, out. Poor El Pierre Gasly. Yeah. Out. Out. It was bad. And the Red Bulls were still P1 and P2. Nuts. So, going into qualifying three, and now this was the big dog. So, if you, if, you, if you did well in qualifying three, you put yourself in a very good position to start the race in a very good position. Yeah. Um, Verstappen came out on fire. He was just racing so, so well. One thing... Uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi were just fucking around in Q3. Apparently. Man, absolutely hanging out. It was it, like there was two Mercedes, two Red Bulls, two Alfa Romeos, two. What am I missing? Renault. Renault. Yeah, two Renaults as well. They all came um, in two by two, man. They. I was fucking Noah's Ark up in this. Yeah, man. Swear to God, who knew Noah's Ark landed in Istanbul? And and, and uh, you know what? You can. Yeah, we'll keep going. Um, Nursery rhyme references. Yeah, man. That's what that's what people came for. Yeah, you get me. Uh, Stroll and Perez were the last onto the track in Q3. This is interesting for reasons we'll get into a little bit later, but it's the start of Racing Point playing a very smart Q3. So, the first things first. 
uh, at the last minute before Checo Perez comes onto the track. Everyone is on full wets because, as we mentioned, it was fucking lashing. Uh, by the end of qualifying, so towards the end of, of, of Q3 when, when Perez was coming out onto the track, there was a decision made by Racing Point, his team, to put him onto the intermediate tyres, which Cahill yeah. mentioned there a few minutes ago, a little bit quicker. Little bit quicker. A little less, bit quicker. Less durable in the wets, but like in, in, the, in the wet condition, I should say. Um, but like pretty quick. Pretty quick. Uh, so he is the first to do so out of this qualifying group. Soon after... His teammate Lance Stroll comes in and follows suit. And then soon after that, most of the rest of the pack come in. And they're like, oh shit, put the Inters on. Checos, put the Inters on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Just uh, set the example for the entire grid. Like Set the example. Uh, the racing points go on to race fantastically well around the track. During this was jaw-dropping, It man. was insane. Stroll gets a 147.7 pole. To contextualize that, in Q1, his lap time was uh, 207.4. He gets through on Q3 with a 147.7. That's it's, crazy. It's It was so wet on this track. It was ridiculous. Um, this then meant that uh, Racing Point had qualified before Red Bull, who had qualified P1 and finished P1 in absolutely every single other session of the weekend so far. It was oh, crazy. Max was raging. He was raging. Oh, oh he was human. Did you see that picture of him like, behind him? He was in the bin. He was, he was behind the bin, man. He was man. in the bin. Max literally threw himself into the bin after this. Uh, yeah, in fairness, <laughs> fair play to Lance. Uh, we, oh, we, listen, we, we are we not shot on him last week, man. Oh, <laughs> we we really shot on the did. poor lad last oh, week. We we but... do not like Lance, and and it was <laughs> it was so annoying to sit here and be like, oh, you know what, just fucking fair play to the lad, right? You know, <laughs> you know when you know, you know that meme, and it's like the worst person you know has actually made a really good point. Yeah, that was yeah. Lance getting getting pole. Um, That's true. Although, like, it was it was a good day for the memes. Um, it was a great after day quality. for the memes, man. It, like, my my favorite one being, I think a couple of people did something alluding to this. It's like you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, and now get ready for Stroll on Pole. <laughs> um, so, Racing Point actually did very very well through qualifying there, uh, and then it's race time. Just to conceptualize that, so that's Stroll P one, Max P two, Perez P three in the Racing Point as well. And then Alex Albon also sneaking into P4. Yeah, just Alex really playing the role that Red Bull have wanted him to play all season. Yeah. In that he is finishing wherever... So Max gets beaten by a racing point and ends up P2. So he's one position behind a racing point. And they always say that they want Alex to finish second fiddle. So he finishes one place behind a racing point, which is the racing point that finished behind Max. So it's basically or P or B or P or B. If nice. you're a Christian Horner, that's all you could ask for, realistically. Ah, yeah, you know, you're, you're put in a nice position. You'd rather have the uh, the P1 and P3, but, I mean, it's there. All the while, Lewis Hamilton finishes in P6. Not a fantastic starting position for someone who's chasing their championship at this point. Um, With his teammate in P9 as well, Mercedes having just wrapped up the Constructors' title. Yeah, uh, not, a, not a fantastic position to start in, but still... Not a bad one, nonetheless. And then we got on to the race. It became Sunday, um, and it was lights out. Stroll gets out into a good start, tries to do the old Hamilton drive like no one is behind you, P1 type of race where you just lead the entire time. Uh-huh. And actually does a fairly good job of it for the first 
10 laps, I want to say. Yeah, man. Um, get, gets out there, realistically. Uh, the Renaults also get a great liftoff. However, going into turn one, uh, Esteban Ocon collided with Valtteri Bottas, uh, I have in my notes. This is bad for many reasons. <laughs> Mostly the Drivers' Championship, because Jeez. the only one who could possibly, you know, compete with Lewis at this point was poor El Valtteri Bottas and Esteban Ocon single-handedly just... Away you go. Now, back to my point that I made on the last episode, and if you didn't listen to that, go listen to episode two. And one, if you're looking. I am developing my theory a little bit further about the whole Esteban Ocon is a Mercedes spy. Oh, yes. So, yes. Um, Esteban Ocon crashes into Valtteri Bottas straight out of turn one. Esteban Ocon is managed by Toto Wolff, who is the director of the Mercedes racing team. Mercedes have one driver confirmed for next season. That is Valtteri Bottas. Um, they have two drivers at this point in time of the crash competing for the championship. That's Valtteri Bottas and their unsigned driver, Lewis Hamilton. Now, if that was, you know, a, a thing of, hey, listen, Lewis isn't actually sure whether he wants to race with us next season. What would make him want to race more than winning a world record equaling championship? And how do you ensure that he wins the championship? You take out the only person who could possibly compete with him. Esteban Ocon is a Mercedes spy. Keep your third eye open I'm telling you right now. This is oh. our boy Sebastian Vettel gets a fucking great start. Oh man! Wow. Can we also just say Red Bull did not start this well? No, they really didn't. It, like the the actual race start, they obviously got back into a decent position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and were flying high the two of them side by side a lot of the time for the very first couple of laps. Um, Red Bull were nowhere to be seen essentially Um, now coming back into lap 10 and upwards they were like you know basically right behind the racing points the whole way through Uh, however those first couple of laps Seb gets a great start uh, as does Hamilton Uh, however Seb manages to overtake Hamilton uh, when Hamilton goes wide on one of the first turns it felt like it was 2018 again Seb racing Lewis Seb gets into P3 lad we're like Podium? Nah. 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 <laughs> no way, man. No. Um, so, Stroll starts to drop off. He gets into the pits. Um, Sorry, can we just say he had an amazing start? A very Stroll. good start, yeah. Set, yeah. set fastest lap a couple of times, then yeah. gets called into the pits. Yeah, gets called into the pits, uh, leaving his teammate Checo Perez to try and keep that P1 intact for racing point. Uh, at this point in time, the Red Bulls are chasing him down viciously. Uh, specifically the man right behind him, the man who had put himself in the bin after qualifying, Max Verstappen, uh, was aggressively chasing him down. Oh, man. He was he was just being so clinical, so, like, meticulous. Like, this guy really was unhappy uh, as a result of what happened in practice and qualifying and, and yeah. all that fun stuff. He really wanted to make the Sunday his. Uh, he's chasing the racing point of Sergio Perez. He's chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. And then in lap 18, he spins uh, aggressively chasing Checo Perez, going just a little bit wide and just is a little bit too impatient yeah. uh, in his pursuit of Sergio Perez. Um, this this was upsetting, but also kind of a given, given how he was driving behind him for a lot of it. There were points where you were like, Max, you can't try and make a move there. And he did anyway. And yeah, a lot of the time... Dumb that, shit, man. This, yeah. this is the thing with this guy. Is 
he's such he's so good at racing, but um, he subscribes a bit too much to the whole. Oh, there's a gap there. You have to go for it. Yeah, come um, on. You know, there there is something to be said for patience, which we'll get on to towards the last lap of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max was uh, just a little bit impatient uh, in, in his pursuit of Sergio Perez. I have here in my notes, big wheels keep on turning. Valtteri keeps on spinning. Rip. Proud oh. Mary, huh? Proud yeah, yeah. Mary. No, that's a, that's a solid reference. I'll give um, you that. Yeah, Valtteri just basically was spinning around like it was no one's business and in doing so was putting to bed the uh, driver's championship um basically for this race no matter what position uh Valtteri finished uh, if he was behind lewis uh the championship was over um pretty and much. now for him to be spinning uh was was pretty much the championship over um yeah. lewis scoring points at all really kind of put it out of reach it really did um i have here uh lap 34 was so stressful uh, this was the lap where Seb goes into the pits out of P3 for some new intermediate tires and gets shafted by a 5.3 second pit stop. Man, was it not like seven seconds? It was 5.3 seconds. Um, I was it, sit- was, oh, it was about 30 man. seconds in total in the pits, uh, but the actual stop time was 5.3 seconds. Uh, you were a little bit upset about this. I was, like, there's so few times where I actually find myself screaming at the TV um that's not true you scream at the telly so much nah but not 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 really for a race though like mid-race yeah not something like ridiculously good happens but i was like just expressing absolute anger at ferrari and their incompetence yeah this man was in a wonderful position at this time as well comes into the pits because you know he's kind of pushing it with the tires he has on let's go into the pits and uh, yeah no wasn't a good time like the low light of my weekend (laughs) Um, immediately after this, poor fucking Alex Albon. So Alex, lads, oh my god, <laughs> this is going to be a running theme of this episode. Uh, Alex takes the P three position from Seb when he goes in for that dog shit pit, and it's it it happened literally in sequence, like one after another. So Seb stops for this five point three second pit, and we're raging. Mm. And then the next shot that they show is poor Alex Albon coming around the corner at high speed. And spinning out of Petrie. Oh, man. So upset. And, like, as if it was... It was literally salt in the wounds. It couldn't get any worse. You were going around the house here, like, just... We'd, we'd be on our lunch from work or whatever, and it, you'd be there at the sink, and I'd, I'd be there making my lunch, and um, there'd be no words, no conversation. You'd be like, man, poor fucking Alex Albert. Oh, man, poor fucking Alex Albert. That happened, like, seven or eight times this week and last week. Yeah, it like, it's just been constantly in my mind. I'll be falling asleep at night, and I'll just think of him spinning around that corner. It was, <laughs> n- like, to, to, to not put it lightly not very good for his fucking race. Um, no. It was, it was pretty much the end of any hope of podium for poor fucking Alex I mean, before Alban. his first pit stop as well, he was leading the race. Yeah. Um, um, after Stroll and Perez had gone into the pits. At this point, after the very stressful lap 34, um, an interesting decision is taken by a world championship contender at this point in time, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, his team get on the radio and tell him to box. Uh, however, Lewis informs his team that the tires actually feel quite nice. Yeah. Lewis then decides to essentially straight up not pit at all for the entire race. We're like, lad, like what what happens if these tires just actually go kaput? Like, and Lewis asked that himself as well. He gets yeah. on the radio to his engineers and he goes, just to double check, guys, there's no question about these tires blowing up, is there? And his engineers basically kind of go, yeah, prob- probably not, but they're not sure. Yeah. 
this was the thing. What race was it? Um, was it Silverstone where he finished mm-hmm. with like you know Lightning McQueen style? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, so like drives on on was it like two tires or something. Uh, yeah, two and a half tires basically. Yeah. Uh, but like one of his tires just fully blew up, and he drove the rest of the race. But like we're here looking, we're like, man, he can't do that if that happens here. There's yeah. like 20, 30 laps left. Um. So essentially, what we were talking about earlier. Um. So in doing so, because he's not pitting and everyone else is, he ends up going into P one and taking that P one off. Uh, Sergio Perez uh, gains mad places. He just has a fantastic drive. Um. Yeah. He essentially. And as we mentioned earlier with the difference in tires, turns those intermediate tires that he was on into slicks, into those soft compound tires. He was on these tires for so long and he drove them so hard that the threads on them started to disappear and they became slick tires and he was just still going. Because the rain was starting to disappear towards the end of the race. It kind of decreased as the laps went on. But Jesus Christ, this guy got the absolute maximum out of everything in his car. The best example we can give of how you would turn a tire into a different type of tire is if you take the underneath of your runner or shoe or anything that you're wearing right now and take a look at it, especially if they're old shoes, you'll notice that there's a bit of wear on them. Maybe the colouring has started to wear off. Maybe you can see a bit of the rubber coming through. Something like that, especially on old runners. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's after years of you walking around that maybe like five kilometres an hour. Yeah. These boys are going 300 kilometers an hour. They're going to wear mad quick. So quick. So quick. So and, and, and like these tires are, you know, they're pretty durable. Ends up a pit stop clear of the P3 person, Charles Leclerc, uh, by 15 laps to go. And that brings us on to another thing. Uh, Ferrari getting themselves into a very comfy little P3 and P4, weren't too they? Too bad, is it? We'll get back to that. This uh, is usually the point in a race this season where Seb just, you know resigns to the fact that his car is the tractor. Yeah, basically. But here we are in P4. Very interesting. Lance Stroll's Inters don't do him any favours. Um, he can't quite get the wear on them in the same way as Lewis was. Now, this is because, essentially, Lance was put onto a new set of Inters. Uh, so Lewis was put onto one set of Inters, and he kept those for 40 laps. Uh, yes. Lance was put onto a second new set of Inters, um, and it's very hard to get them grained down to what they were for Lewis. Yeah. Um, that doesn't do any favours, neither does his nervousness, unfortunately. Mm. Um, we were kind of commenting during the race that his head was a little bit gone, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, he was, he was on the radio just making, like shouting at the engineers and stuff. He did not have the head for this. And, you know, you know, like uh, they're asking him to come in and box a second time. I, I think it was the second time. And they're just like, we need to box for a um, new set of tires. And he gets in the radio and is like, why, 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 why? Why are we doing that now? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to call this race. Now, racing point, in fairness, the old strategy hasn't been great for them on, on the tire oh. front all season, Uh-oh. man. They kind of screwed Checo Perez out of a podium oh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. But so I can a little bit understand Stroll there because it's a, it's his big moment. But here's the thing: like we're watching this, and he we we watch his demise throughout the race. I at no point do I start feeling sorry for him because of the way he was dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was kind of you know you're, you're you're like you see people and you see your favorite drivers a lot of the time get a bit angry with their team you yeah. know what i mean like there's there's lando shouting at his team and you're kind of like oh you're a puppy you shouldn't be doing that yeah but then there's someone who you know we already have strong feelings on like lance stroll shouting at his team and it gives you that kind of excuse to go hey man shut up yeah. you know what i mean stop being a big baby um so lance's nervousness and his tire strat really didn't do him any favors as we get towards the end of the race, 
he uh, finishes in P9. Uh, Lando actually takes him on what is Lando's fastest lap of the race, which he yeah, ends man. up keeping. Lando got fastest lap of the race. It was incredible. Uh, Lando, at the end of it, was just having fun with it, man. And this is Lando who went out in Q2, uh, started in a very poor position, not only finished Ooh. in the points uh, in P8, but also got fastest lap of the race. Incredible, incredible yeah. stuff from our boy. Sorry, let's just see here now. So uh, 14th and 15th, McLaren were going like at, at the starting grid. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. They take in a whopping... Uh, five plus t- fifteen points. Here. Quick math. Fifteen maths. points. They got fifteen points, having started outside the points. Yeah. Uh, both of them with a really poor uh, set of practice sessions behind them and quali. What a haul! They're, they're our boys, man. That's why they're our boys, right yes, there. Yes, sir. That is Fight incredible. Fight to the end, man. Um, so we kind of hinted towards it in in quali. Uh, you know, it was always a given that Lewis and Mercedes were gonna play it very smart over the weekend. Yes. Uh, despite protests from his team. Lewis managed to stay out the entire race. Um, He basically said, no, guys, I can do the whole race on these tires. I feel confident in them. And that ended up being the right play. His tires were way quicker than anyone else. It allowed him to great great separation between himself and uh, Charles. Was it Charles in P2? It was Charles in P2. Oh, at the time? At the time. Right. Charles in P2. Um, Great separation between the two. Um, Plays a smart, goes in, wins... The world record equal. Holy shit, Seb! 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 Oh, Seb! Oh, Seb! Holy shit! Um, I'll do. I'll let you do the honors of explaining what happened at the end of this race, going into the final corners. Holy fuck, boys! Right. So, what ways are looking? Right. So, Leclerc is in P two. Sergio Perez is in P three. Sebastian yes. Vettel is in P four. Yes, absolutely. So. Leclerc seems to uh, lose a bit of pace in the corners. He has a lock-up at one stage. And Perez is looking good, and he just zooms on through and manages to get somewhere close. Like, he, he gets into P2, but he's still kind of fighting off these Ferraris. And Leclerc continues to struggle. And Seb, old clinical Seb, came back. And just zooms on through. Says, oh, wait, there's a podium going. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take, take that. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that in a while. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. We went fucking crazy. I literally jumped up out of my seat so quick. And that's literally our reaction right yeah, there. Yeah, what yeah. we had was just Seb, 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 Seb. There was no words. Yeah, yeah. There was we no words. roaring Seb at the top of our lungs. Our but poor like, housemates were so confused. Oh, it was ridiculous. But, like, obviously, Hamilton across the line. But then, like, before Crofty can get any of his, his words out where he, he just, you know, couldn't get his mind out of Lewis Hamilton's arse he's just like oh wait shit there's a fight going on over in the one of the last corners and then we're like oh my god Sergio Perez is going to finish P2 and then <laughs> Dylan looks at me and he just points at the telly he goes Seb <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, um, and we went into full caveman mode Seb crossed the line into P3 and so our podium was Lewis P1 Sergio Perez P2 which we were also very happy about yeah, in fairness yeah. to Checo happy out for Checo um, and Sebastian Vettel P3 Incredible scenes. 27 points in the bag for Ferrari as well. Um, and that was the Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, we got to get back on to Ham Champ in a second, yeah. uh, which we absolutely will. We, like, we, we do we have an obligation kinda, to do that. We kind of are under obligation to do that. Um, but that was the Turkish Grand Prix. Um, you enjoyed this one? I enjoyed the hell out I of this. I had a great time. Oh, I genuinely had a wonderful time watching this race because there were so many aspects of it. Like, like e- even... Like the Hamilton aspect, which usually is the part that makes me saddest about a race, it like 
I could not help but admire that drive. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It really was. It was really nice to see. And, um, yeah. you know, we played it so smart and there was so many points where reluctantly I would turn to Cahill during the race and kind of go, ah, oh, you know what, in fairness to him, he, he's just playing a fucking blinder here, isn't he? <laughs> he really is just playing it really smart. Like, that's the experience that you get from being what is now the equal world record holding champion uh, so far as drivers' championships are confirmed. And that Seven. brings us on to our next point of order here, uh, Hamchamp. Um, Lewis Hamilton now has seven world championships to his name mm-hmm. uh, in Formula One, equaling the record of the GOAT, Michael Schumacher himself. Yeah. Um, and basically, you know, further displaying the dominance of Mercedes in this, you know, hi- is it hybrid fusion? Is that what it's called? Technical term. Um, this era that we're in. Turbo hybrid? Fu- uh, turkey hybrid? Something like that. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the, the, the seven? The still we rise. Ah, oh, listen. There was a few moments this year. Okay, I, f- I found it really annoying this year where it's just like, this is the year where Hamilton is now the record holder of everything. Polls, wins, championships. I was, it's like, oh, whatever. But then it happens. I'm like, with that drive, watching this is actually so much easier than it usually yeah. is because I, yeah. I actually just really admire what he's after doing. He's after showing how experience can actually benefit you yeah. at, at that age. And, and like oh you know yeah, he, he does deserve it like in fairness like we we give him a fair bit of stick here on, yeah. on form to stank especially in our first couple of episodes and um, we're not lewis hamilton fans by any means uh, i would say uh however after that race it kind of made me made me realize that i wasn't an unfan if you get me he's like he's doing this annoying thing this year <laughs> he man really where is. he's making me actually get a little bit fond of him in some scenarios okay yeah, dare I say yeah it. Uh, i said it. It, uh, like uh it's it's incredible to see like i was actually a little bit emotional watching it i'll be honest and um, like especially you know hearing him come on the radio and i had made claims you know in, in episodes prior to this that and especially to anyone i would talk to about formula one that i just don't think hamilton enjoys racing anymore mm. um, and i was very happy to be happy to be proven wrong in that instance in you know hearing him come on the radio after he had won that world record championship just in absolute bits like in absolute floods yeah. of tears it was just incredible like like if you're a fan of sport and you don't get a little bit emotional you don't get goosebumps watching that then i don't think you are a fan of sport it is no an absolutely incredible thing to see yeah um and just utter respect for the guy like realistically if you if you say that he is the greatest of all time I don't have all that much to come back at you with now at this point. Like, I really don't. And I think yeah. anyone who would be in a similar vein of ours in that, like, look, we're not Hamilton fans. We really don't have a lot to come back at you with at this point either. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, there is obviously still, I know, I know, like, if you look at football, for example, it's like, oh, is Messi better than Pele? Yeah. Or Maradona? And, like, sometimes you look at that and you're like, why does it matter? They were all unbelievable. And, like, they didn't play it. They didn't, you know play football at the same time or whatever. I know there was a little bit of overlap between Hamilton and, and Schumacher, but, like, anyone who got to watch both, like, you know, got the honour of watching both. And that's mm-hmm. just about it. They watched two different um, eras of the sport um, produce these magnificent sports people. There could definitely be um, worse people to be seven-time world champions as well. Ah, yeah. You know, like he's a good lad at the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah, He's yeah. all right. Like, um, yeah, that's Ham Champ. That's that Ham is Champ. Turkey. Uh, can we just have a moment to pour one out for Valtteri Bottas for that radio message where it's like... Four laps to go. I wish it was less. And you know what? At the end of the day, 
Poor fucking Alex Albon. Oh, man. poor Alex poor Albon. Alex Albon. Uh, we're going to transition right here next on Formula Stank. So as we mentioned, uh, we've been seeing mad love over on our social media uh, throughout the course of this week, especially, you know, we, we did a build up over on our Instagram at Formula Stank to uh, this weekend and this new episode uh, by, you know, in case you missed it. Here are our last two episodes, and people were showing us mad love on those. We really, really do appreciate it. And um, when we plugged our, you know, podcast on our own social media, and um, we were kind of conscious of the fact that a lot of the followers we'd be getting initially uh, were people who had essentially no interest or clue or care about Formula One. And um, a lot of people being our friends, just kind of going, "Ah, the boys have a podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll follow it." And this is something I was thinking about a little bit, and I said, "You know what? Maybe if they go, do go and listen to the podcast, which I know people did." just to support us and they end up coming away with an interest they'll have questions and um, who better to answer these questions than your favorite old form the slank boys the answer to that is realistically anyone but we asked you guys over on our instagram at form the stank to submit any questions you had whether you're an absolute veteran of formula one or whether you're a complete rookie and we will answer them right here on the podcast one that i want to start with just because it kind of ties into what happened in turkey is a question that came in a for our Gelgors out there. An El Kesht. A question that came in was one from Kate, who asked, what happens when it rains? Oh, the car. The car just goes all over the place. It gets super slippy, and they have to put on different tires to prepare for this. Yeah. Do you ever see uh, those montages on YouTube of the people uh, slipping on ice in the background of the news? Mm. It's essentially that, but they're not in the background they're in multi-million dollar cars driving really fast around a track. Yeah. Um, do you, do you know what really I think? Entertaining. A, yeah. Do you know what I think a good example of this is actually just ah. to see to show people how slippy it is. Is 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 that initial spin at the race uh, in Turkey? Mm-hmm. Like, Bottas just about clipped the back of Ocon, and the two of them just spun around like roundabouts. This is the really interesting thing, and it's it's really what makes you admire Formula One drivers, especially for us. Is you have to be so precise in every movement that you make that if you are in any way out of line, even by the tiniest like tiniest marginal like error could result in you spinning off and losing your world championship like Valtteri Bottas did. CC um, also, um, George Russell. Yeah, uh, so when it rains, we get very excited and mm-hmm. often drivers get very sad. Yeah, they uh, shit themselves. They shit themselves because it's really fucking hard. Um, I hope that answered that question. Um, one fantastic one that's going to take a little bit more discussion is one in from Jazz, which I'm sure you have in front of you right there. I do indeed. And the question is... Who do you think will be the next multiple world championship winner? We are very happy to see this one come in. He, uh, he asked for two answers each, yeah. which is good because I feel like there's a couple of uh, contenders here. Yeah. Do you, do you have any that you're like, from the get-go, absolutely, this is it? Because I had to think yes. about this one for a while. I have one that I'm absolutely sure of. Valtteri Bottas. Oh. What makes it's you not, say that? It's not the one that people would say immediately. Um, Hamilton has a couple more years left in him I'll give him that Valtteri's playing the waiting game mm-hmm. and he is going to be Mr. Mercedes after a while because he, he's only going to keep being consistent like uh, the weekend the race weekend just gone was a complete blip in what has been uh, a consistent two years for him really yeah so I my my initial one is Valtteri Bottas 
Who do you think yourself? Very interesting. Again, not a lot uh, of people would instantly go for that one. Maybe it's because Valtteri is currently on the grid. Um, I myself definitely overlooked him. I definitely overlooked absolutely anyone on the grid uh, at the minute really? to go for my first choice. Um, as we mentioned in episode one, I'm a big Schumacher boy. Yeah, I gotta say, I think Mick has has what it takes. I really do. I think if he gets into a seat next year, uh, that'll be the beginning of his road to a world championship, and that road will lead him to at least a couple of them, um, straight out the gate. And I think it will be a fantastic thing to witness. And I'm very excited to do so. Um, how do you feel about that one? I do feel like he's going to win multiple. It's. I think that's. A good few years down the line, though. Yeah, definitely. And I can't wait. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait. But I, I he's think he's only we're a baby the at the end of the day, isn't he? He is only he's a baby. He's only a wee one. Um, now, Jazz asked for two. Yeah. Who did you go for for your second? For my second, um, reluctantly, I've gone for Max Verstappen. Oh, that is reluctant. Yeah. And you've gone for two people on the grid there currently as well, which is interesting. 100%. Because um, I, I think. If you are putting everyone in the exact same car, let's say all 20 drivers um, hop out in uh, Renault, for example, I think the best, the people who will get the best performance out of that car would be Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, and Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. That's where my head's at. Yeah. I, I think that was said during the week as well, that like, you know, there are certain drivers on this grid that are just head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. Um, and Max Verstappen is one of those people, um, despite his hatred of the Mongolian people. Yeah. Um, Actually, on that, yeah, just um, I did see something during the week. Um, we love talking about how racist Max Verstappen is here at uh, Formula yeah. Stand. Just <laughs> in don't case you missed episode that. one or two, we love talking about how fucking dumb this guy is. So here, here's a quote from Max Verstappen recently. He's like, I have a lot of respect for what Mercedes have achieved. I'm not frustrated about Lewis in a Mercedes car. To be honest, 90% of the field could win in that car. Nothing against Lewis. He's a great driver, but the car is so dominant. Okay, maybe others wouldn't be as dominant as Lewis is, but accept the situation you are in and just try to make the best of it. Which just stinks of salt. Yeah, I'm big salt. sorry. Big salt. Oh. I'm so glad he put himself in the bin after FP and <laughs> quality and all that stuff. But like... This is the thing. A lot of drivers would perform better in the Mercedes, but like, he don't try and discredit um, what has been achieved by Lewis Hamilton. Obviously, like I'm, I'm one of these people who's like, yeah, he's got, he's got the best car on the grid, far and away for the last years and years. Mm -hmm. But like, you, you know, you're really, you're making excuses for yourself there as much as anything. Mm -hmm. In response to this, interestingly, Carlos Sainz said, a tricky question. I agree with Max that 90% would probably win the Mercedes in the race and qualifying, but if you put half of the field against Hamilton in a Mercedes, then 90% of them would not beat him. Yeah, uh, which Ooh. I completely agree with. Ooze is class. I, I'm sorry, I, I, what a response. <laughs> what a response. Uh, 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 first and foremost, Max, absolutely done there. Uh, man, stop, Carlos, stop crying, man. Stop crying, man. He's, oh, he's, he's in bits, man. Oh, he's... Oh. Um, Carlos, absolutely classy. Uh, and then finally, big agree. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you can say that the Mercedes car is so dominant. And, you know, oh, you could put absolutely anyone into that Mercedes. If you could put absolutely anyone into it, then why did they put Lewis in? Mm, yeah, you yeah. I, I think you. I think it speaks to how good of a driver he is, that he was the one who was chosen to get into that dominant car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
I, again, big Schumacher head. Mm. Schumacher was, you know, very key to bringing him to Mercedes, you know? And yeah. he, was, he was adamant that Lewis was the right person for the job. Yeah. You tell me you don't trust the, 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 the knowledge that Michael Schumacher has? Give over. Give over, man. Give, Give over. over. Get out of here, Max. Anyway, Max Verstappen. Yeah. Uh, you think he's going to win some, some championships? Yes. And on that as well, sorry, just to, while we're talking about that, just to validate my point about Valtteri Bottas, he came to, he was brought to Mercedes from Williams. Yeah. Who were, at the time, also shit. Yeah. Still so, shit. Yeah. They, they were still shit. Okay. So, he gets called up from Williams, and now he's having that sort of consistency. You it's know. got a bang of, like, um, for football fans, Andy Robertson being signed from Hull. And exactly. everyone being like, why the fuck are you signing this guy yeah. from Hull? And Five then mil? What the fuck? You've, they, you've way more budget than this. And like, then what? you look at him and you're like, oh, he's actually, like, probably one of the best left-backs in football. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, what, it's what you see. Yeah. you, know? you got to notice that thing there. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and Valtteri yeah. definitely has that. But Max, you think, is also, also has maybe that thing that would win him multiple world championships? I think so, yeah. And I think he, he is never going to be in a position where he's not the number one boy on yeah. his team. Red Bull are going to, like, move mountains for this boy. Yeah. I yeah, think. They're, they're only short of calling it Red Bull Max Verstappen Racing. For sure. Um, <laughs> Honestly. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that one. Um, absolutely. Um, I did actually go for someone who is currently on the grid for my next one. And again, went for one that's probably a good, good while down the line. I went with our boy, Georgie Russell. Ooh, um, okay. Tipped okay. by absolutely everyone um, to be, you know, that world championship contender in years to come two years ago um, today he won f2 yeah big, big deal uh the big swing and mickey in f2 that he was i think yeah. one day he will be the big swing and mickey in f1 i'd love that. um you know a lot of people who whose opinions i i respect would kind of align with that point of view um and i really do think that he has the drive and mentality most importantly of a world championship winner and um, he's also been fortunate enough to uh be at you know be under mercedes when Lewis was there and, you know, having that personal relationship with Lewis, uh, he's definitely learned a lot uh, from his time there. He will have also learned a lot in the similar vein to maybe what Valtteri experienced in being in the shitbox of a Williams and how to cope when things maybe aren't going your way. Um, I think all of this, you know, is no point season that he's having this season, his spinning out at Imola, all that horrible stuff that he's going through. is shaping him up to be a multiple world championship winner. Oh, that's absolute, like, competitive fuel yeah. for a guy like him who, like, you know, all the guys that came up with him, your, your Lando Norris, your uh, Alex Albon, they're, they're all kind of saying, like, it was just all about trying to beat George yeah. all along. Like, Yeah, even, you know, our boy Lando, we love him. Couldn't beat Georgie a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I really can't wait to see George Russell win a championship. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great driver. And I think that was a great question, Jazz. I really, really do. Yeah, I um, really enjoyed that. Some more quick fire ones. Uh, Thomas asked, is Dylan the Stig? Any comments? Um, who's asking? Uh, Todd. Oh, yeah. well, he doesn't have the right to know. Yeah, I, I can't comment for, for, uh, for legal reasons. Uh, our boy Renan said... Senna, goat. That wasn't a question. That was just a statement. Yeah. But he, he said it. He is Brazilian. So yeah. I think he is uh, legally obligated to say that. Yeah, I think it's in the contract when I you're born in, as a Brazilian yeah. person. They get the little baby hand and they get it to like just like drag a pen across a page and that's your signature. You've said that Senna is the goat. Um, 
Ah, listen, we do worship Senna all the same, don't we? We think he's a king. Yeah, the, um, the Senna DVD from the documentary movie is up on the mantelpiece here. Our living room is very uh, scarcely decorated, um, to, to name but a few of the things. We have a sombrero on our lampshade. Yeah. We have a Super Mario Mario Kart on our mantelpiece. Uh, we have two bottles of Jameson, uh, you know, on our mantelpiece as well. Yeah. We have a clock that one of our housemates stole from a building site. Um, and we have the Senna DVD. Yeah. Just sitting on our, there's no other DVDs on that mantelpiece. It's just Senna. Just Senna. Um, so yes, yeah, big agree with that one. Um, are you a fan of NASCAR 2? And if not, why, Sean asks. Um, I fucking hate NASCAR. Oh, I can't stand it, man. It's dying as well. It's a yeah. dying sport. It's it's just, um, you know, you look at something like Formula One. Uh, our sport has just had a series made about it by Netflix that's going to big that up. Yeah, well and good. More fans coming in and seeing that there's so much to it. And then they look over to NASCAR and it's just hillbillies driving in circles, it's man. It's madness. There, there are no there are no real likable personalities in NASCAR either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like You don't yeah. got your Landos of NASCAR. You know, you don't got your Sebs no. in NASCAR. Um, the, the, oh, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. Although we did watch Cars at the weekend. Oh, we did. No, we watched Cars, the Pixar <laughs> film. That, man, what a oh, film. What a film. Oh. One of my favorite, and I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, in any and I'll stop talking about cars after this, but I'm not exaggerating. I promise you when I say that. One of my favorite jokes from any film ever is the Mater line from Cars. <laughs> he did what in his cup? <laughs> he won three piston cups. He did what in his cup? So funny. So fucking funny. Thought it was hilarious when I was seven. Still think it's funny now. And the last question from Cormac, which I'm not going to answer right now, and I would ask that you wouldn't either because I want to do- donate a whole segment of the next episode to this. Yes. Um, if F1 drivers weren't drivers, what job do you think they would have? Oh, yeah. No, so that, that's an entire episode. Get thinking about that one. Uh, you at home as well get thinking about that one and send us what you think yes. over on our social media where we ask those questions and probably more in the weeks to come uh, at Formula Stank on Instagram and Twitter. But we'll be doing a little bit of commentary over the weekend, I'm sure, especially on our Twitter. Um, about the race that is to come. Cahill, what's up next this weekend? There's so much racing on this weekend. Man. Oh, man. That's easily the sixth time you said that to me this weekend. Yeah. He, he just come up to me and be like, oh, man, there's so much racing. There's on so this much racing on this weekend, man. Boom. So much. Okay, so the main event, obviously, the Bahrain Grand Prix, uh, first of two. Phenomenal. Great. Cool. Absolutely class, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just racing. give a, a quick shout out. We are going to be watching that and we don't really tend to talk about it here all that much because we genuinely, if you think we don't know about F1, which we don't, we don't know jack shit about F2. No, we just um, know that Michael Schumacher's son is driving and could potentially wrap up the time. Yeah, well. so we're going to be watching that as well just to potentially see that. Um, however, we do have the Formula 1 race at uh, the Bahrain Sakir Grand Prix yes. um, that is happening this weekend. Um the track is 5.4 kilometers long, 15 corners, mm-hmm. uh, has 57 laps and three DRS zones. Um, rarely a bad Bahrain GP in, in the last few years, wouldn't you say? Do you reckon? I think so, yeah. Well, even last year's one was extremely exciting. Oh, last year, Charles was on pole. Yes. So yes. Yeah, Charles yeah, yeah. was on pole for his first uh, podium and first win of uh, his Formula 1 career when tragically very similar to what happened in the last little race that we had just there uh, there was a technical issue um, going into one of the few few last laps of the race uh, which allowed Hamilton to take the P1 from him Um, again he still finished on podium still finished a a nice little handy P3 but was was not very happy about that fact uh, at all 
Um, so yeah, um, Ferrari one and two for a lot of the race as well. There, uh, how times have changed. Maybe this weekend. Shut up, man. Ferrari one. Oh, no, no come shut on. Uh, no, Seb. Uh, he kind of fucking spinaled it. The last Bahrain GP. The Renaults had a power outage. Uh, Nico and Danny Rick Jesus, didn't finish that. the race, uh, leading to a safety car, which saw a Mercedes one two. Charles's first podium. Um, and yeah, it was it was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Vettel has four wins here, uh, coming out of a great weekend in Turkey. Could it be his weekend again? Do you think? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you're better off saying no, so it feels even better when uh, it does happen. If it does happen, and uh, um, yeah. we've had 15 races here, seven different winners, uh, ten different pole sitters. Uh, most poles goes to Sebastian Vettel. Uh, out of the uh, 15 races here, six out of those 15 times, the person who has sat in pole out of Q3 has gone on to win the race. Um, so. Sounds like a lot, but actually, this is a track that overtaking is very much a possibility in. Um, yeah, in this fairness. is a track where you can race. Um, and if you think, you know, six out of those 15 times, the person who finished P1 in quality finishes P1 in the race, you got to remember, nine out of those 15 times, there was a fantastic race where someone completely out of nowhere uh, came and won the race. The, the furthest back someone has sat in quality to go on and win the race was P4. Mm-hmm. It's happened twice. It happened with Fernando Alonso in 2006 and Jensen Button in 2009. Yes. Uh, as I mentioned, three fantastic DRS zones here. Uh, to gain great speed, we've been driving around it in our F1 2020. Oh, uh, baby! That we're playing through at the minute. Do you want to give a bit of, a bit of comment on our F1 career at the minute that we're going through? Yes, sir. So, for anyone who doesn't know, if you have a PlayStation Now account, uh, F1 2020 is free, man. Oh, it's uh, so free! <laughs> it's so free. We so don't we- have a PlayStation Now account. Yeah, Figure that one out, white America. We, huh? We, we bootlegged it off our housemate, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> we stuck it on the PlayStation. And we, now, like, this is a game that's really designed for someone who has one of those um, racing wheels for their PlayStation. Yeah, definitely. We, we don't got that, man. We just oh, got we the don't. controller. We have three broken PlayStation controllers. Yeah, so Each one gonna, is broken in a different way. It, which makes it more impressive. We're just kind of juggling the controllers as we go along, bro. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting here and um, we're like... Uh, yeah, let's make a team. Let's enter F one. So we entered. We entered the team, and uh, our driver Catfunt is um, uh, currently top of the driver standings. And bro, we're we're sixteen rounds in. We are looking good. We're looking man. fresh, man. We're looking so fresh, now, man. Teammates have been shite. Yeah, I've, not I've, good. We fired our first uh, second driver. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she she's out. I, she's gone. We we've put someone else on, so that's 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 pretty good. Um, but we have been driving around Bahrain in this game as well. It's uh, tough. It's tough, especially going into those corners. There's really a lot of corners in this that uh kind of lead into each other. You really have to get the first one right to get the second one in any way right. Exactly. Um, L- looking at it now, uh, in the second sector, uh, you go around turn eight onto uh a sort of DRS detection zone. You yeah. go you you go into a. A wide sort of turn nine, turn ten is a bitch. It's so hard, man. And then you have to come out of turn ten so quick to get good speed into that DRS zone. Yeah. Um. You know the DRS zones, I think, are going to be so important here. Um. Although the Renaults have uh powered, powered out last year, the Renaults have actually had the fastest straight line speed out of any cars on the grid so far this year. Really? Now with three DRS zones, 
that could prove for quite the little comeback for our boys in the Renaults. What do you think? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I would like a good old finish for them, to be honest. I would like, well, you know, for but Danny I, Rick, I feel definitely. Like, yeah, well, yeah, but I feel like that benefits Mercedes as much as anyone. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. Because, uh, you know, because it all of how they can the maintain that, again, I suppose. that um, just, just like they can maintain that straight line speed mm-hmm. race long. Like what have you got? Like sixty, la- fifty-seven laps. Fifty-seven laps, yeah. Um, it is a very hot track. It's a very hot country, as seen today, uh, when on the Sky Sports F1 Instagram account, I was deeply offended by the horrible fashion choices of some of the drivers, not naming any names, Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, but you're not dressing in two thousand and four anymore, man. Right? Yeah. Bro. Get a pair of shorts to fit you. Bro, yeah. you're a millionaire. Why are you yeah. wearing jorts? Come on, you're Italian, man. Step it up. An Italian millionaire wearing Jesus jorts Christ. in 2020. Jorts. Down to his knees. Jesus Would you believe? Hot track tyre management is going to be very, very important. Teams will try a one-stop race. However, if tyres prove to be a little bit fucky, um, then they're going to have to try an L2 stop strategy. Um, there's been very few safety car appearances at Bahrain. Um, and I think all in all, it's gonna be crack. I'm just happy to be racing again. Oh, it's gonna be. There's so much racing on this weekend. Oh, man. there's so much there's racing so on this weekend, much bro. Racing on. Is there anything that you'd like to leave the people with going into the Bahrain weekend? Going into the Bahrain weekend, um, listen. Just be aware that the <laughs> the racing ain't going to be around for too much longer. So enjoy it while we have it. Even if it's shy, just enjoy it while we have it. For anyone who has listened to the podcast because they're a friend of ours or maybe you're someone who's a complete rookie in F1 and you're thinking about maybe watching a race, this is definitely the best time to start. There's only a very few number of races left. You may as well watch this one so that you can watch the rest of them and so that you can watch the season from the get-go in Formula 1 when 2021 comes around. However... We're very excited for this weekend. There's so much racing on oh, this weekend. Oh, bro, there's so much racing oh, on this weekend. Oh, there's so much racing Woo! on this weekend. Myself, Dylan Mangan, and my Carl co-host, O'Rourke, Carl, man. Carl O'Rourke Don't over there, the name. Will, be, uh, will be watching all of it, and we will be following along on our social media, at Formula Stank, um, on Instagram and Twitter, if you want to join in over there. However... Until then, we'll be back again next week with a breakdown of the Bahrain Secure Grand Prix. Yes, sir. We shall see you then. Until then, I've been Dylan Mangan. I've been Colin O'Rourke. And we will see you next time. See you on the other side, bro.